This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Our guest for the show today is Adam Black, Senior Mortgage Loan Specialist with First Commercial Bank. We'll talk about getting a home loan in today's climate. Are you considering buying a home or refinancing? This is your opportunity to ask your questions about mortgages or if you have any personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Ryder. What financial news do you have for us today? Good morning. Since we are talking about mortgages and housing, which is just uh, just such a huge part of our economy, kind of t- touches a lot of things. It's a huge part of household budgets. It's it's one of the three basic needs, food, water, shelter. And it's been a huge part of inflation, too, is housing and rent costs have risen so much. One of the things I was looking at is uh, an index called the Case-Shiller Home Price Index hit kind of a record 20.5. Uh, it's, it's, they measure a few months back, so this doesn't take into account any, any really recent changes, especially with the rising uh, interest rates with Adam and I were just talking about before the show. I'm sure we'll get into later. But house prices, as we've all seen, they've risen quite a lot. Uh, and so looking forward to seeing how that has affected the financing of those. This is Money Talks, and uh, we're uh, looking for your questions this morning about mortgages. Well, we're glad to have a friend of the show, Adam Black, back. He is the Senior Mortgage Loan Specialist for First Commercial Bank, and we're going to be talking about mortgages today. Uh, Thanks for uh, stopping by and helping us out again today, Adam. Good morning, Kevin. Glad to be here. So uh, what's the current state of the mortgage business industry? What time of the day is it? <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. Um, you know, since I was here two years ago, we have um, you know seen record low rates and went into a huge refi boom. Um, I believe the last thing I saw was seventy-eight percent of the people had refinanced at one time or another, mm-hmm. uh, and now we are bucking that trend and heading up. And that's something we've been expecting for. Really, for the last 18 to 24 months, we've been waiting on wait rates to begin to rise. We knew it couldn't last forever, and uh, it has risen at a, an accelerated rate. Uh, historically, we've never seen rates rise as quick as they have in the last 120 days. So do you know if the industry saw more people buying bigger homes since the interest rate was so low, or were they getting a smaller payment? A little bit of both. Uh, we did see, um, as, as Ryder had uh, alluded to, you know, we saw a huge acceleration in appreciation of value. And with that, a lot of people took advantage of that and sold their homes, you know, netted a great profit, rolled that into the, a larger home that they normally probably wouldn't have been in. We also saw a lot of first-time homebuyers that took advantage of those low rates and kind of skipped that first-time homebuyer house and went straight to that second, you know, what I would call a step-up home. So, yeah, a little bit of both. And to that, the interest rate does make a big impact on the affordability of the house. I was looking earlier on, say, 100000 and Adam probably knows these numbers off the top of his head, can do these numbers much more quickly than I, so correct me if I'm wrong. But on a $100,000 mortgage, 30-year, uh, with a 3% rate, which is maybe a little lower than, than rates actually got, but, but somewhat realistic, your payment would have been about $420 a month. So if you're thinking about your budget, 
budget, $420, that's where you fit in. And then now with them closer to 6%, that payment would be around $600. And going from 400 something to 600 for that payment, big impact on affordability. So you can see, obviously going the other direction, back when they were cheap, you could just afford a lot more home. And that also meant you could, you could pay up for a home that people were bidding on. So that all played into the the price of houses going up, not just, oh, are we looking at bigger homes, but just can we spend more on the same home? That's correct. We also ran into a situation where we just had a lack of inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, with COVID and uh, supply chain issues and labor, uh, we just we were already stressed going into COVID. We were at three to four months of inventory. Anything less than six, we consider that a, a seller's market. Mm-hmm. Um and now we're under a month's worth of inventory in the Tri-County area. And it's just like we just can't seem to catch up. Wow. But that, that definitely added to it. Uh, what do you mean by a month's worth of inventory? So, yeah, let me, let me clarify. A month's worth of inventory is if, if we had the average number of sales in our Tri-County area per month, that is the amount of inventory we had on the market. So just for round number's sake, let's say we had 100 sales uh, per month on average, and we only have 100 houses for sale, that's one month of inventory. Now, that number is obviously incorrect, but that's mm-hmm. that gives you an idea. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're going to continue our discussion about mortgages with Adam Black after this break. Adam has been on the show a couple of other times talking about mortgages. We'll remind you about the podcasts next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. correct helpful especially on coach charlie's tip of the week listen to our podcast with me coach charlie melton on any podcasting platform or on the mpb public media app the information presented on money talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of mississippi public broadcasting the information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand to all the local MPB Think Radio programs. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest for this hour is Adam Black, Senior Mortgage Loan Specialist with First Commercial Bank. We really appreciate people like Adam who come on the show and share their expertise 
expertise. In fact, Adam's been here three times previously in the last several years. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to some of the podcasts, search for June 19th, 2018. He talked about mortgage loans on June 11th of 2019, discussing mortgage refinancing. And he gave us tips on first-time home buying on July 14th of 2020. So, Ooh, what a time to be first-time home buying as well. Um, Adam, something you said at the end of the last segment kind of caught my ear. You were saying that there's just there's just a lot less inventory. So there's there's fewer houses there and presumably that means that you're originating fewer mortgages. If if fewer houses are being sold, there's probably overall fewer mortgages, right? But what happens to what how does that impact the mortgages you can offer themselves? Because you can originate a mortgage because your bank or another bank has the cash and would like a mortgage instead. And if there aren't enough mortgages for them to buy, for them to have, are, are you offering better rates? Or are you offering lower fee? What what incentivizes, What how does that change the market itself? So buyer appetite has just not failed at all. Mm. Uh, it has not went down, even with houses going up. Um, We've even laughed that it seems like more people jumped into the housing market just because of the frenzy. So really, we haven't, um, as mortgage lenders, we haven't had to change our marketing or our, our offerings or anything. We've had to get more creative in helping buyers buy homes mm-hmm. because, I mean, like I was telling you this morning, I had a girl call me yesterday. She's probably made 30 offers at this point, mm-hmm. and she's just now getting under contract. They've just had to... You know, go in with stronger offers, no contingencies, um, just really things that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you hear about it in, in markets out west and such, but it's it's really it's come home to us, and we've mm-hmm. seen that. So, so yeah, to answer your question, as mortgage bankers, we haven't had to change as much. We've just had to get more creative in helping our clients buy homes. And so thinking about that, what, what can you do to help uh, besides making a, obviously guaranteeing, giving a, a letter guaranteeing you're going to do a mortgage or maybe making a, a faster closing for somebody? What can the mortgage lender do to help that buyer with their offer in such a such a tight competitive market? You, We've just had to be really strong in our underwriting, making sure that we've got everyone pre-qualified, that we've verified income, that we verified assets we want to be able to go in and have that conversation with the listing agent when our clients make an offer and say hey this person's ready to go to underwriting as mm-hmm. soon as you sign a contract we are ready to go to under, underwriting pending an appraisal so that's that's been the biggest thing is it being more thorough with our job and and i know especially over the past year or so we've heard that that underwriting process has maybe taken a little extra time there have been a lot of delays are you still seeing that or or is it even exacerbated just because the pace is still so frenetic so we are still seeing it and some of that is summertime you know third parties as far as your appraisers your attorneys people like that they're on, they're going to vacation this time oh, of the no. year so, so yeah. you know even though uh home sales may have fell off a little bit in the last 30 to 45 days you still have you don't have as many people helping us so, so yeah so we're still we're still compressed there uh, appraisals are taking longer mm-hmm. title work's taking longer uh, and those guys have done a great job the last couple of years trying to keep up mm-hmm. it's been amazing it's it's been a um a big job on everyone and everybody has shouldered the load well that's a good reminder that all of these markets are still just humans and and humans also like to take a break from time to time so <laughs> we exactly gotta right. we gotta give them a little grace i think <laughs> So define another term for us, underwriting. So the underwriting process is basically uh, where we are taking the information that the borrower has provided, 
uh, whether it be income, assets, um, liabilities, and we're we're doing our due diligence on that. And we we have we have underwriters quotation marks in place to do that. In other words. I'm a loan officer. I want to give everybody a loan, but I also understand they've got to meet certain <laughs> metrics. So, so that's where an underwriter is that, is that pay stub relevant? Yeah, that's, right. that's where an underwriter comes in to keep me to keep me straight. You know, to make sure everything is correct. Uh, in the end, we've got an investment to make in a property, and we want to make sure we're making a proper investment. You're listening to Money Talks, and our guest today is Adam Black, a senior mortgage loan specialist with First Commercial Bank, talking about mortgages. So what length of times do borrowers uh, have to choose from when it comes to a mortgage? Uh, that starts at 30 years and works its way down to 15- and 5-year increments. Um, unfortunately, you are hearing some rumors of some lenders going up to a 40-year mortgage, which I firmly am against. That's just going too long. Uh, you know, we want to try to we want to try to put people in as short of a term as is affordable within their budget so that they get, you know, debt free as quick as possible. And and the effect of that shortening the term is you have a larger payment to pay it off faster. Do you have an idea, is there a general rule of thumb about how much bigger that payment might be given the shortening or lengthening? There's really not. Uh, of course as you go to a lower term you also go to a lower interest rate. Mm. Um, so yeah, there, it's there's really no way to do that. Um, when I got into the business originally, there was a one point uh, gap between a 15 year and a 30 year. I knew whatever my 30 year was today, my 15 year was going to be one point lower. Over the years, that has shrank. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's probably a half or maybe even less than a half difference now. So so yeah, it's all different, hmm. and it's different on different days. Yeah. Um, so what are the types of loans that are offered for mortgages? So the the, the main ones are your uh, conventional loan, which is just our conventional secondary mortgage. Uh, then an FHA is a government loan. Uh, it's lower down payment, lower interest rate normally. Has a few more fees with it. Uh, USDA is a big loan that we use here locally that is a 100% financing loan, meaning no down payment. It usually has a little bit lower rate, but it also comes with some additional fees. And, you, you know, you also have to explain to people that, hey, you've got no skin in the game. You're starting from, from scratch here, you know, so you need, to be, you need to be willing to stay in this long a little bit longer. Then we go into the jumbo loans, which is anything over $642,000. Uh, and then that's about it. Other than bank-held type products like physician's loan, attorney loans, you know, what we call private client type stuff. How big are the bank held, and, and has that has that big is in what size of the market? Has that changed over the years? It's it's very small. Um, yeah, percentage wise, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but but you know most banks want to get that loan off of their books mm-hmm. per se, so they're going to move it to a secondary loan as quick as they can. But of course, you know with us having a teaching school here and some law schools and things like that, we do a lot of second of uh, bank held type stuff for that. Interesting, because uh, people always talk about, oh, well, I, I know my banker, I know my mortgage lender, I can talk to him if I have a problem, and but of course, it seems like so many times, including with all of my mortgages, probably most of our listeners' mortgages, it's it's some 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 website uh, off off in the distance, off in the cloud that we go to for our mortgage service. Yeah, we like I said, uh, first commercial, we're a, we consider ourselves a, a larger private banking firm uh, bank, so we do a lot of of the that type of stuff where we're holding it in in house mm-hmm. servicing it ourselves uh, do we know how the, the USDA is the US Department of Agriculture if I'm mm-hmm. correct do we know how they got involved in loaning money for house buying that goes back uh, I believe late 70s early 80s um, 
where yes, you know there's always there there have always been USDA programs out there to buy land and, and things like that, and it was extended to buy into single family residence. If you're buying a if you're buying a farm, Kevin, you got to put a house on it. Yeah, so, kind of natural extension there. And, I and ironically, that lawn originally was designed like you said; it was kind of a low density areas, uh, but it has since spread. Where you'd be surprised at where you can use it here locally within our within our metro area. So, so one one thing about all the programs really struck me the first time I got a mortgage because I was uh, young. I had basically no credit. I I did have, and I was making an offer for on a house that needed a lot of repairs. The the appraisal was going to appraise it appraised for basically exactly the offer but a, a contingent on some repairs getting made very complicated and m- my mortgage lender looked at all different programs and it, I ended up with an FHA loan of some sort which you kind of described was designed for for younger folks or for folks just getting into the market. How, how important is it that a mortgage lender can access all these and can can any mortgage lender access these or it's it's choice uh some mortgage lenders choose to do renovation type loans like you're talking about Mm -hmm. some don't they're a little bit more detailed you know in this market they're becoming even more and more needed Mm -hmm. Uh, you know there's such a depressed market like we talked about with low inventory you know the houses that are sitting on the market there's a reason and normally Mm -hmm. it's repairs being needed so it's it's a product that if if your bank offers it it's a great product to look at This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and we've got a caller on the line. It's one of our favorite callers, Brother Daniel from Pascagoula. Good morning, Brother Daniel. What do you have for us today? Hey, can you hear me good? We good got morning, you. Go Brother ahead. Daniel. All right. I love, hey, Mississippi, I love you, baby. I love you. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do this, Mississippi. Listen, um, I got a, uh, my girl, we, ha- we have a property up in uh, Perry, Perry County, and uh we're trying to get rid of some of our debts as well as have a little wiggle room um, to uh, pay off uh, pay off the car, which you know is the high more the high price, and and uh, consolidate a lot of our other bills through the loan. But we're only the house is about worth about looking at about two twelve, and uh, we're only going to do about thirty six, maybe thirty seven, and at a ten year. Uh, 10-year uh, plan, uh, we will have to get home, what do you call it, a home policy insurance because it was uh-huh. originally a, a grandmother's house, uh-huh. but now we had, to, we had the deed and everything. So we needed to know, uh, will the bank help us get the home policy insurance or will we have to go out there and hunt for it? And will they go ahead and put that in the package when we get the package together? Hey, brother Daniel. Uh, that is, you. That is something that you're going to choose. Mississippi is actually a right to choose insurance state. In other words, you you choose whoever you want as long as their their minimums meet the uh, bank's minimums. So that's something that. Oh, you know. I love Mississippi. There you go, <laughs> Me too. Well, and, and, hey, old Miss. <laughs> and and one of the benefits there is, say, you already have a car insurance policy. Maybe you have one or two. You can you yeah. can that might be your first stop. Check Checking with that agent, checking yep. with that company, because often they will offer a discount or something or a better rate for existing customers. Yeah. That being said, your mm-hmm. home insurance is a very competitive field. A lot of folks would be happy to bid on your business, especially something like that where you're talking about, it sounds like you're talking about a cash-out refinance to pay off 
some yeah, debt. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. have, you're going to have a very low um, debt-to-value ratio, so they, they might be happy to do kind of this, a, a smaller policy in that case. Mm-hmm. And, Brother Daniel, oh. I'll mention something to you, too, as you, get to, as you begin looking into this. Check with your local bank on what's called a HELOC, a Home Equity Line of Credit. And the reason I say that is, one, your rate's probably going to be a little bit lower than what market rates are right now. And then you've got an operating line of credit as you pay that down. So let's say you borrow $40,000 on it and you pay it down to $20,000. Well, you've got $20,000 uh, sitting there that you can use for other things if you, if you should need mm-hmm. it for anything. Like repairs on the house if I want exactly. Mm-hmm. If so, if more comes up a, later, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. What's that called a HELOC credit? Yep, that's called a HELOC. H E L O C stands for Home Equity Line of Credit, I and mean, any bank down there way will will know what you're talking about when you talk to them about it. Okay. That's a good. So t- okay. talk a little more about the difference. Why someone might go for a HELOC versus the cash out refi or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, one cash out refi is, is your highest interest rate of all your secondary mortgages. Mm. So, so you don't want to get into it unless you just have to. Uh, two, the um, the loan to value limitations. Uh, cash out refinances are capped at eighty percent of the value. For a home equity line, most banks that go up to around ninety percent. I've even heard of some going higher than that. Um, so it gives you a little bit more cushion within that. As I said, the rate's going to be lower, and just having that operating line there once you get it paid down. That's always good to have. Um, you know, let's say you, you you need to buy a new car, and, and your home equity line of credit is is at four percent, and car note, car rates at that time are at six percent. You know, it's smarter to use that. You know, hmm. and so right. might people get a HELOC with? I've I've always heard of often a variable rate HELOC, and you also get a fixed rate HELOC. Or how do the interest rates work with that product? Every bank's different. Uh, most um, are going to be. Uh, prime plus X, prime plus one, prime plus one point two. So it floats. So that that rate is going to float. Certain banks will lock it in for certain periods, whether that be one year, two year, up to five years. Uh, it just varies by the bank and by the product. The first, we love you. Right. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Dan. Yeah, Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to give shout out to my to the bank. The first. Hey. <laughs> I know some of those guys over there. They're good guys. Good deal. <laughs> No. All right, uh, Brother Daniel, thanks uh, for your call. Um, so, Adam, we mentioned adjustable rate mortgages, and I know many, many moons ago when I got my uh, home mortgage, uh, I had one. Are they still as popular uh, as they were in the recent past? With rates going up, yeah, they've come back in vogue. Um, you know, the biggest thing with really, the rest, yeah, yeah. So the, the so so, you know, the biggest thing with an adjustable rate mortgage is is the negative connotation from you know. Oh, Four to 08 when everybody was on them and they began to mature and, and you know rates had gone up so they they jumped up really quick but yeah you know as you get into people that are a little bit more financially mature you know and can handle it and understand that okay i'm going to do a i'm going to do a seven-year arm so what a seven-year arm is is that rate is fixed for the first seven years of the term it's still a 30-year mortgage mm-hmm. they understand that hey rates are going to come back down over the next 16 to 18 months probably I'll just refinance to a fixed product when they do, and I'll save X amount of money between now and then. So, yeah, we, we're starting to talk to a lot of people about them. The biggest thing we're seeing, though, unfortunately, is 
that gap is not as attractive as it used to be where you know it used to be I've seen arms be as much as two to three percent lower than mm-hmm. a thirty year fixed term. Now that's shrank a little bit, so it's 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 not as great of a deal, but it's still something worth uh, you know looking at and investigating. Besides the kind of anticipating rates go down, is there anything that folks need to know getting into an arm? Anything they need to do to kind of prepare financially? Like you mentioned, save up a couple extra dollars. What else do they need to know about that? Specific well, the, product? you know, the biggest thing is that they have to understand that. You, those chickens are coming home to roost. I mean, at some point, that rate is going to go away. Now, you know, the last two or three years when it matured, actually your rate usually came down, you know, because it adjusts to the current market. So that's that's the biggest part of it, riders, just making sure you understand that you've got to be looking forward at that, you know, five, seven, or ten-year period and going, mm-hmm. when's the perfect time to get out of this? And a lot of people don't consider this. Our average client around here moves every four and a half years. Oh, so, wow. so there's a good chance they're not even going to be in that home when it matures in 10 mm-hmm. years or seven years. Uh, I think with, if I remember correctly with my adjustable rate, it had a there was a cap of over, over the life of the loan of how much it, it could go up. Mm-hmm. Is that still? That's exactly correct. It still is. You've got a, so you've got a couple of caps there. You've got how much it can rise the first time. And then how much it can time it can rise every every time subsequent time after that. And usually that's a twelve month period. So in other words, it's going to rise the first time when it matures or, or go down, whatever it does. And then every twelve months after that, it it adjusts. So what what might a cap look like? Is it good question? Um, I've seen it be as much as um, so so it's a lifetime cap. Mm-hmm. You know, six to eight percent over what it what it originally could be. So sure. let's say you do it at four percent, it could go up to ten percent. Mm-hmm. But it's also capped on, on the yearly. How much? And usually I that's see, usually yeah. that's around two percent. It can't climb more than two percent per per gap. Okay, so that can be that that yearly uh, uh, that yearly cap might offer some folks protection if they're yeah. thinking, oh, I think rates are either going to stay stable or they're going to mm-hmm. go down slightly in the next five seven years, but maybe they do go up. But that offers you a little protection against them just exploding. Yeah. Gives you a little time to, to figure out something double. else. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We'll continue our discussion on mortgages in just a bit. Have incomes and mortgage rates followed each other lately? We'll have that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Donated by calling 877-MPB, the number four car. 
Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. He's a chartered financial analyst and holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. On average, American households received more money and spent less during the first two years of the pandemic, but the cost of buying a home, home prices, and mortgage rates have risen faster than income since March of 2021. Our guest today on the show is Adam Black. He is the Senior Mortgage Loan Specialist with First Commercial Bank. We've got some uh, callers to get to, so let's uh, go back to the phones and start in Memphis. Daryl's called in today. Good morning, Daryl. You're on the air, so go ahead. Uh, good morning. Can you all hear me well? Yes, yeah, sir. go ahead. Good. I want to start off by saying happy belated Father's Day to the men and the husbands. Thank you. Uh, and my uh, question has to do with flood houses. Uh, is there something that the guest has been experiencing? And if it is, um, how would one go about qualifying for a flood house? Um, and how would it go about uh, seeking an agent? Hey, Daryl, thanks for calling in. When you say a HUD home, are you referring to HUD foreclosures? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you can elaborate on the foreclosures in general if, if you will. Yeah, so foreclosures are treated the same way as, as any other home as far as from my perspective as a mortgage banker. Uh, you'll need to you know get with a local agent, someone that you trust or someone you've been referred to. Uh, the transaction is pretty much the same. There's a little bit more in um, the contract area as far as, you know, a, little, a few more pages to the contract, a few more things you have to do to satisfy um, the seller uh, and, their, and their requirements. But otherwise, it's, it's treated pretty much the same way. A lot of times what you'll run into on HUD foreclosures is it's probably going to need some repairs because they sit vacant for so long. People don't understand that is a long process to foreclose on a home. And a lot mm. of times those houses have sit there. I've seen them sit there 24 to 30 six months before they go back on the market anytime something sits like that you're going to have issues if it, as it goes through the seasons closed up and things like that so make sure that um you once you've got that agent and once you've looked at homes that you're very very thorough with your inspections does that does that long time it's been sitting you said needing repairs does that affect how does that impact uh, things like the appraisal and and that part of y'all's underwriting well, it's uh, it, it just depends on the quality of the property. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it is an appraiser can go in there and, and unfortunately, what you see a lot of times is you see things missing. You mm. know, the, the the you know stoves are missing, uh, appliances, uh, even copper wiring. That's a big mm. thing. Um, so it, you know, outside the AC units. Um, so it it just all depends. Uh, Daryl, I will mention one thing. There are a couple of programs out there for HUD foreclosures. Um, 
and the house has to qualify and your agent will be able to help you with that but there's an fha program that only requires a hundred dollars down on, the, on those houses on certain ones it has to be tagged as, as fha hundred dollar down eligible um and your uh your your realtor can help you identify those hmm. okay. all right all right to go ahead and what's the other program what's the other program uh, that would be the $100 down program is an FHA program, and then the renovation loan would probably be an FHA 203K that helps you, you know, buy it and renovate it. Renovation loan 203K. 203K, yep. yep. And any good uh, – off air, you can contact me, and I can put you in touch with somebody in Memphis that can help you if you'd like. That would be, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Daryl, if you would, uh, we're going to put you back on hold, and if you could tell our call screener that information, and we'll get it to Adam, and hopefully he'll be able to contact you off air and uh, give you some more assistance. That would be fantastic. Thank you all so much. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, Daryl. Uh, let's move on and go to Pat in Mobile. Good morning. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Hi. Um I might have misunderstood your your caller, Brother Daniel, um, but it sounded to me like his question was dealing with what what I thought he was saying was something that was like title insurance rather than homeowners, and I may be wrong, but even if I am, can you address what title insurance covers and whether or not you got the that? Hey, Pat, thanks for calling in. So title insurance, big big discussion in a transaction. So there are two forms of title insurance. You've got lender's title insurance. Okay, that's required anytime you have a mortgage. What that protects is that protects the lender if there's ever any kind of claim made against the title of the home. Um, An example of that that I've seen several years ago was um, a home sold. There was an heir showed up two or three years later, said mm-hmm. that, hey, I wasn't included in this transaction, didn't get my part, so I'm suing everyone. That's where title insurance would come into into play. Now, there are hundreds of different examples. That's just the quickest one I can think of. Second title insurance right. policy is the owner's title insurance policy. That's optional. You don't have to take that out. However, what it does is it protects you if there's ever a, a title claim made. Um you will hear different perspectives, different uh, levels of advice on whether you need it or not. That is up to you. It's it's a one-time fee. Uh, if you're the type of person that wants to protect yourself, go for it. If not, don't. But just be prepared that if anything ever comes up, you're going to be in charge of defending yourself, basically. Mm. So the the title insurance protecting the lender, do they require that? Do they always pay for that? It, it is required by the lender in a mortgage transaction. And so I believe, so what Brother Daniel was talking about is, a, I, I believe, and Brother Daniel could call back if he wants to set the record straight, but a, a property a property they already own, so it's not a transaction. They're not, they're, they're not concerned about title in that case. But what it is, is if you are taking a mortgage out on a home, and and Adam can give us a little more color. That if you're taking out a mortgage, then they want to know. Well, if the house burns down, are you just going to walk away from it? Or if something happens to the house, or if or if someone, I'm not sure if this is also for mortgage purposes, but if the liability on you, if somebody sues mm-hmm. you for the house, how you know, we need to have enough protection so that the lender knows they are not going to be on the hook for anything that happens to the house. 
Is that correct? And that's correct. And you'll see that listed as hazard insurance or homeowners insurance. One of one of the two, um, and that is to protect you know the the asset. You know, if, if it burns down, if wind hits it, um, or like you said, um, a few years ago I had a gentleman let someone move into his house early. Uh, on a Friday, they weren't closing to Monday. The guy ran from a wasp nest, slipped, <laughs> fell, broke his arm, sued his own insurance. What? You were two days away. You were two days away before the killer bees came. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I, I've seen it all, unfortunately. All right, Chuck. Go ahead. Thanks, Pat, Thanks, for your Pat. call. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for listening from Mobile this morning, Pat. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Adam Black, who is the Senior Mortgage Loan Specialist with First Commercial Bank. We've been talking about mortgages. Uh, Adam, one thing we talk about frequently on the show is your credit score. Uh, how does credit uh, and your credit score affect shopping for a mortgage? Well, obviously, uh, the higher your credit score, um, the more programs you're going to qualify for and the lower rates you're going to qualify for. Um, it's uh, risk and exposure to a lender, and that's one one of, the, one of the qualifying metrics is, quali- is qualifying credit score. And, you know, I mentioned uh, my uh, home purchase many, many moons ago. Um, I paid off my house, so I guess it was at least 30 years ago, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I was very fortunate that my parents helped me with a, a, what was a somewhat sizable down payment. Um, can you have some tips on uh, how important a down payment is and maybe ways that someone could go about trying to increase their down payment? Great question. Um you know, saving, saving, savings is what we talk to everybody about. But there are other ways too. There's, you know, there's a gift option. You know, from a relative, a parent, um, brother, sister, whatever. Uh, most programs will allow that. Um, there are some down payment assistance programs out there that are available uh, in different markets. Uh, those are usually based on income levels and, and uh, geographically restricted. Uh, the one that everybody misses on that I always preach to everyone is, is wedding gifts. Is, I mean, you think about how many Put gifts a you get house as, fund on there. Exactly. You know, and, and encourage people to, to, to give you money. And FHA actually has a, a what they call a wedding gift program where you can use that money. So, so most lenders are very strict on where money's coming from, mm-hmm. sourcing that money. There, there's a FHA, I believe they still have it, has a, a true wedding gift program out there where, you know, that money goes into a certain account and you can source it. Hmm. Yeah. So this e- email here we have has a couple of issues going on. One, well, kind of address off the bat, she's got debt from school loans. Well, she mentions a private school in litigation of fraudulent claims. I don't know which one that is, but I do know that some of the uh, private higher education has been there. There are are efforts at uh, student loan forgiveness there, and I believe another round of student loan forgiveness. I, I forget for for which college, for which kind of for-profit, it turned out it was it was a little um, predatory lending practices there. She said she did receive a BA, but the credits don't transfer. She's back in school to actually get what might be uh, a, a, another or a real degree. So that's maybe looking to forgiveness there. So that's an issue. Her student loans she mentions are, she's the debt is holding her back. It's keeping her from completing her current degree right now, uh, the amount of debt she already has. So her question is, which uh, Adam and I were talking about just a 
a moment ago. Can I tap into a home equity for a school loan? I did recently try to refinance. However, the company said I was not making enough money with my debt to income ratio. I have not had much income because I have been in school full time. So uh, interesting question there is the obviously you have to have debt to income ratio for your finance uh, just to finance a purchase to refinance cash out refinance. Do they look at that same thing for a HELOC or how's the qualification process different? They do look at that for a HELOC. Um, in some situations with particular banks, it's going to be a little bit more liberal in the way they look at it. Um, basically, student loans go through a stress test. And what I mean by that is even though you're not paying those back at the current, you know, if they're in, uh, they're in default, we're still going to add a proposed payment mm. so that we stress test that loan because sooner or later you're going to have to begin to pay those back. And we want to make sure that we're not putting you in a position where you can't afford your student loans and your home. So, and then just about, is it a good idea? And I can I can throw some in here too, but is it a good idea to use home equity for a school loan? And it sounds like this is the only way she's going to afford it. So it sounds like it's not just something that's going to get paid back. I'm always a little cautious about folks attaching, uh, attaching what would have been an unsecured student loan instead attaching it to your house and putting that at risk. But what do you see? What do you as a lender, what do you think about that? Um, that's where I would have to take my lender's cap off. I mean, being honest, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I would have to look at it from perspective of, of is it your only way to get your degree mm-hmm. and improve your economic situation? Yeah. Uh, that is where a good financial planner really comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I can't stress enough to, to young people is building a team around you as you come up. Financial planner, mortgage banker, 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 mm-hmm. you know, just everybody around you that can sit down at the table and go, where are we going? Where are we at? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. So, We'll continue talking about mortgages after a quick break. We've got a few podcasts dedicated to improving your credit score, and we'll remind you about those next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. healthy and fit you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active i'm josie bidwell host of southern remedy healthy and fit and associate professor of preventive medicine at the university of mississippi medical center listen to the show every monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for southern remedy with your preferred podcasting app Please, you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. And here's a program reminder, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio immediately following our show. Well, you know, credit score is important, so we've uh, talked about it a couple of times. If you want to go back to some podcasts to review what we've talked about, look for the March 15th. 2022 or December 2nd of 2018 for information about improving your credit score. Um, So, Adam, does where you want to buy a house affect your mortgage rates uh, city versus rural area? 
No, it shouldn't. Uh, it should you know that's uh, that's a qualifying issue and, and that shouldn't come into play. All right. Um, what about? Uh, by the way, I forgot to re- reintroduce you. Adam Black is our guest this morning. <laughs> he is a senior mortgage loan specialist with First Commercial Bank, uh, and he has been with us throughout this hour talking about mortgages. Uh, what's uh, What's the best way that folks can shop around for a mortgage? Hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, there's so much. Uh, clickbait out there on the internet that it's hard to um, oh yeah yeah it's 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 hard you know I, I i literally have a guy texting me right now about that but uh you know it's it's a relationship it's not the transaction and that's how you need to look at it um it's it's okay to shop. I encourage people to shop. I mean, obviously, I have to close mortgages to make a living, but I also understand that everyone has to get the, the lower overall cost. The biggest thing is, is not the shopping, but understanding what you're shopping. What is the total cost of a mortgage? It's not always the lowest interest rate. Uh, you need to look at you know what the fees are, what the term is, what you're getting in the total package, and weigh those. And that's and it's it shouldn't be a knee-jerk reaction to go out on a Friday, look at houses, and try to buy one on Monday. You need to take your time and and plan for what you're doing. And just to emphasize the relationship point, because, again, you kind of think, oh, it's a mortgage. Someone just has to stump up the money for me to buy this house. An illustration with my first home purchase. Firstly, I had a mortgage officer who was willing, as far as I could tell, go to the ends of the earth to make sure I got actually qualified with kind of my credit and financial lack of credit and financial history to make sure I got qualified, make sure that I got qualified for the right loan, again, needed some repairs, so making sure that would happen and as far as I could tell he he went to the ends of the earth for that and and then on the other hand uh, you see him all the time you see ads you you see him you hear it on the radio you, you see it on TV all sorts of ads for these online companies are promising a refinance this 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 low cost cheap this 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 uh, that's how I first figured out how um, how variable rate loans worked because I was kind of going down this process. I had a great or very uh, appealing offer that was going to save me money on a monthly basis from one of these online or kind of very well-marketed companies. And one of the conversations, he said something that made me realize how much more expensive that loan was going to end up being than the loan I already had. And it, it he, and, and no slight to him, he was he that was probably just the product of the week or the product of the month. And when I fir- called him for the first time, he had a script that said, uh, "Sell writer this product," and and that's what he went at. And and it turns out it just was not right for me. But because he didn't really know me, uh, because we had no prior relationship, because we had no connections, and because again he was just going down that path, down that script. Then I didn't realize. I mean, fortunately, I did realize it was not the right product for me at that time. Uh, so that's where a relationship, that's where a referral, that's where working, you know, bouncing ideas off a second person, even if it's like Adam says, just going to two different banks that you know, and and maybe one has a slightly different idea, which leads you to go back to your first person and ask another question, which which might lead to to the the, the perfect mortgage for you. And absolutely, and you should never feel awkward about asking questions about your money. It's it's really easy for me to spend That's it for true. you, but but it's <laughs> yours in the end, and, and you should. There should be no questions that you feel awkward about asking. 
so we got about two minutes left in the show, so I thought maybe we could talk about, uh, Adam, where do you think uh, the, uh, the future of mortgage rates is going? I wish I had a crystal ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of analysts uh, that have always uh, prognosticated correctly, you know, seem to be hitting it. And, and we feel like uh, we've kind of reached the top of where we're at in that 6% range right now on 30-year fixed mortgages. Uh, and we feel like by this time next year, we'll have seen that subside significantly, maybe maybe a point or more. So this isn't going to last long. It never does. If you look at history, uh, most high-rate environments normally last 16 to 24 months. So, you know, this could be something that by this time next year we're already coming out of and beginning to refinance people. And, and that's something that we want everybody to understand is that, yeah, we're at a higher rate, but we're not at the highest rate. You know, 30-year uh, average, we're still below that. And uh, and you're probably going to be refinancing in 12 to 18 months. You know, so so don't don't panic. Uh, it's not a time to panic. It's just a time to think a little bit more thoroughly about what you're doing and making sure you're making the right choice. So, Liz, we need to put it on the calendar, booking from one year. <laughs> That's right. We're going we're gonna to save that clip for the top of the show. That's right. So we'll see if I'm right. Uh, but if you can afford to wait, we had mentioned earlier, it's always a good idea to try to build up as a much as much of a down payment as possible. So maybe if you can Absolutely. wait to the interest rates come down, you can uh, be productive in that time and, 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 and get some more money for your down payment. Exactly. Certainly gives you more flexibility. More money does not hurt the situation. It does not. <laughs> right. Uh, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org or just listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show was produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Charles Arnold. For Ryder Taff and Adam Black, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. podcast.